and good morning, everyone. It's an honor to be back with you all here. I had the privilege of uh, getting to share uh, last year uh, here at NCS Bergen County, and it really was an honor uh, to be with you then as well. And uh, I am, uh, I always love when I can come to New Jersey. I don't get out here too often, but I love when I can be here because I was born out here. So it's kind of a cool. Uh, uh, my mom has shared countless, countless stories. My grandpa, Ron Hutchcraft, has shared countless stories about New Jersey. And while I myself didn't grow up in New Jersey, New, York, New Jersey has definitely helped shape me in probably a lot of ways, particularly through my mom and uh, uh, my grandpa and family who uh, spent a lot of time out here. And uh, we are always so grateful for the friendships and, and people uh, from this area that have always just meant so much to us. And, and, uh, as, as Brian shared, uh, I uh, grew up, uh, I was born out in this area here in New Jersey, uh, but uh, my grandfather, Ron Hutchcraft, uh, moved to northern Arkansas and kind of the whole family ministry moved from Wayne, New Jersey to uh, Harrison, Arkansas, kind of north, real close to Branson, Missouri, that Ozarks region there. And uh, that's where I grew up. And, uh, and that's where a lot of my story ended up uh, taking place. And, uh, and when I was 16 years old, I, having grown up in a Christian family, I came to Christ at a really young age myself and really am deeply grateful to the Lord for uh, having uh, had the chance to grow up in a uh, following Jesus and, and knowing what it means to follow Christ. And I know my testimony, my story would be so radically different if it weren't for Jesus uh, changing my life. And uh, that my heart for the Lord when I was 16, I'm like, I really want to do whatever I can to help reach my community for Jesus, to help my peers at my high school and in my hometown, uh, to have a chance at the gospel, to have a chance at experiencing Christ in the way that Jesus had changed my life. And that's what led me to convene some of my friends. And, and we decided to organize a completely student-led event, an event led by Gen Z. We didn't really know what that meant yet, but eventually came to be the term in hindsight. Uh, Gen Z reaching Gen Z, teens reaching teens, young people reaching young people uh, in my community. And uh, uh, in March of 2015, we hosted this student-led event. We called it How to Life. And that's just the name we came up with, talking about how to live your life. People are like, Jordan, that's not grammatically correct. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, but uh, How to Life, it just it's stuck and 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 now for over eight years that has worked to be an incredible uh, brand in the sense that it's just talking about the gospels really in that name is just how to life. Well, Jesus is how to life. So, but we ended up having this event in March 2015 for over 750 young people, and uh, God showed up in a mighty way. There were students sharing their stories, lots of testimonies of students talking about it. Jesus has changed their life, hope stories and. Uh, and then a, a clear, uh, we had worship throughout the night, and then at the end of the night, a clear presentation of the gospel, uh, where we presented the gospel to young people there. Uh, I was the evangelist of that event as a 16-year-old, which was really cool, and uh, and an honor as well. And, and there were about 75 kids that night that responded and wanted to make some sort of commitment to Christ with their life. And, uh, and we praise God for that and just how uh, there was so much life change that happened there. I know I had friends that I'd grown up with from elementary school and onward that it changed their life that night. It was just kind of a radical stake in the ground for them to know, oh, that's what following Jesus really looks like, or 
I want to take another step and go all in on following Christ. And these events are both evangelistic. Uh, we want to see people come to know Jesus for the first time, but they're also helping young Gen Z Christians who often want to make a difference for Christ, but they're not sure how, or they want to really live out their faith, but they're just not sure if anyone else is also doing that or if they're alone in that. And uh, so this kind of has created a community and a culture and a space where Gen Z Christians are don't feel alone, but they have community and they have people around them that can come alongside them. And uh, long story short, over the course of eight years, this uh, How to Life event uh, turned into an organization and a movement. Uh, now it's it's a nonprofit, and I'm the founder and CEO of How to Life Movement, the uh, the organization. But this movement overall has spread to now have over 125 completely student-led, Gen Z-led outreach events uh, across 25 U.S. states and six countries around the world, where in each of these areas, students are stepping up, wanting to reach their communities, wanting to reach their friends for Jesus. And uh, we are seeing countless young people that are being impacted, young people coming to Christ, and young leaders being unleashed and turned loose in their own backyard uh, to step up in a mighty way. Why am I here this weekend in, in, in New Jersey, in the New York City area? Well, for a really encouraging reason. And uh, years ago, when we were first starting out, most of our early How to Life events were in the southern U.S. or in the Midwest, just kind of the what was around Arkansas, Arkansas, the Missouri, then Illinois, Texas, Tennessee. Those were like the first five states. And it took a while before it took it was several years before we had a How to Life event in the Northeast until 2019. How to Life Long Island happened uh, with a group of students in Center Reach, right in the middle of Long Island that stepped up saying, hey, we want to reach Long Island for Jesus. And and that was really thrilling for me to be like, wow, something's going to happen there. And we didn't know how many people were going to show up. And then 250 people showed up at How to Life Long Island and packed out this church. And uh, and it was just so special. And I there were 40 kids that came to Christ. And uh, it was a powerful evening of the Lord moving on Long Island. And then, uh, and then last year in 2022, the conversation started moving even quicker uh, for more How to Life events in the Northeast. And uh, New York City had its first ever event in Brooklyn, uh, where 225 students attended from all five boroughs of New York City. A year ago, I was speaking to you all the morning of that event. So this is kind of the recap now of that event. A lot of young people came from all five boroughs of New York, plus New Jersey, plus Connecticut, and uh, people from other states as well came out for this event. And there were young people who came to Christ there that night, many uh, there were a lot of young people uh, that had some sort of serious life change. And perhaps what's been most encouraging as a result of that New York City event from last year is that it has now spawned even more How to Life events, not just in New York, but all around the Northeast U.S. So uh, we now, I'm back here for tonight and tomorrow night, we have How to Life New York City Year 2, uh, which will be in Brooklyn, uh, same location as last year, this Park Slope Christian Tabernacle in Park Slope, Brooklyn. And uh, we're inviting people from all over New York. The, the leadership team for this event is all New York City local students from Manhattan and Bronx and Brooklyn and Queens and Staten Island that are putting on this event. And, and then next week, I'm very looking forward to uh, on Friday, uh, the 31st of next week, the first ever How to Life event in New Jersey is happening. Uh, in Patterson. It's a group of students from this area, and th uh, we have three people with us here today from Patterson, two of our Gen Z leaders. Habez and Jose, would you stand up? 
So this is Habez and Jose. They are two of the Gen Z student leaders, a part of the How to Life Patterson uh, leadership team having their event next Friday. Uh, and then we have uh, Pastor Felix Valentin. Would you stand up? So, so Pastor Felix is the pastor at Christian Community of Praise, the host church of this event happening in Patterson. Uh, and uh, the father of Kate. Kate is the uh, event director of the local team, and she's doing an amazing job leading uh, this How to Life Patterson event. And uh, and we're just so looking forward to what God is going to do next week. We're praying uh, that there will be breakthrough and that people from uh, different parts of the state might come and, and that it'll really minister to the students in Patterson especially. And uh, it's all Gen Z led. There's going to be students sharing their stories and and uh, and hopefully uh, listening to their peers in this sort of way, because uh, what we often see at these events is that sometimes young people will listen to their peers more than most other voices in their lives. That's why we prioritize through these evangelistic events, this idea of students reaching their friends through these sorts of events. So so this is an exciting uh, week to be out here uh, in, in this area for me. I know I'm thrilled by the fact that there's stuff happening in this region now. Uh, both New York City again, and then Brooklyn. And now we also, the other Northeast ones, there's another Long Island group happening as well in May. Uh, new London, Connecticut will be our first in Connecticut and new and in New England, uh, which will be in uh, at the end of April, April 22nd. Uh, and then there'll also be a South New Jersey event in Glassboro, New Jersey, that's in the works at some point too. So, uh, and all of those uh, had roots in last year's New York City event where all these students went to that event and were like, that's cool. We got to take that back now to our town. So, so it's just a testament, a testimony of God at work through young people. And it's really encouraging. We're praising God for that. I do also want to introduce my dad, Rick Whitmer. He is with me here today. Uh, and, uh, and we're excited uh, to be here and, and to be sharing about all this, but uh, I want to, uh, the current kind of update with all this stuff uh, about this How to Life movement has been encouraging. Uh, for me, if you'd asked me as a 16-year-old, Jordan, could you have ever expected this uh, or uh, imagine what this is? Imagine, no, hope for, maybe, uh, but we were just hoping that God would work, and, uh, and I've just really been trying to take it a step at a time. Uh, starting in my hometown was kind of starting my own home, Jerusalem, and then it's kind of been spreading to different places, and uh, in many places now where uh, we uh, this year have conversations going on even more continents around the world uh, with students in Singapore and Asia planning the first ever How to Life Asia event, uh, which will be taking place next month. Uh, and then later on this year, uh, South Africa uh, will probably be the first country in Africa having a How to Life movement event. And, and uh, it's really amazing and encouraging to God be all the glory. Uh, we're kind of chasing this in some ways, trying to keep up with what's going on. But uh, but it's encouraging because in all these areas, we only go places where there's local student leaders who are really capable of stepping up to do this. So it's not like me just showing up saying, oh, I want to do an event in that country or continent. But uh, it's local leaders taking uh, a step forward and, and really leading the way, which is amazing. And But uh, I want to take a second and talk a little bit more about Gen Z and uh, kind of the stats facing this generation and kind of the urgency of uh, what's going on and and uh, what is Gen Z? Generation Z are those born between the years 1997 and 2012. Uh, it's kind of a give or take, uh, rough guess uh, of those years. Uh, I am born in 19 that was born in 1998, so I'm on the early end of Gen Z. 
and uh, and theoretically, it, it's pretty much today. It's anyone who is a college student or a high school student uh, or a or middle school student, pretty much encompasses Generation Z, uh, which perfectly overlines for this moment in history. Also, also teenagers and young people. Uh, hence, why often we share we're reaching Gen Z uh, as a target audience and. And uh, and there's a lot of bad statistics. There's a lot of bad news. Uh, according to uh, all the Barna studies that come out, they do show a pretty stark decrease in spiritual interest when it comes to Gen Z. Uh, only 4% of Gen Z holds a biblical worldview, according to their statistics, in the USA, uh, which is sad that it's that low. That means one out of every 25 American young people uh, would maybe truly know what it means to follow Jesus and to live for him. And, uh, and that's a national average, all the states. So it's like, whoa, that's uh, sad and concerning. Uh, millennials were a little higher than that, more like six, seven, I think they said. So that is a decrease. And 35% uh, of Gen Z claim to be openly atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. And uh, uh, the reality is that there's a lot of hopelessness and brokenness. The mental health statistics are really bad. Uh, anxiety, suicide, depression, all these things are really, really bad with Gen Z. Uh, but I don't like to talk too much about the bad news, uh, although we do have, well, I, it's essential to talk about the bad news so that we can know the reality of what's going on. But it's also encouraging to know that there is some good news and that there is hope. And uh, these days we've had a very key kind of sub slogan to some of our events, and it's just Jesus is the hope for Gen Z. It's very straightforward and it's very true. And young people are rallying behind that, knowing that Jesus is the hope for our generation. And we don't have to live in this hopelessness and this brokenness that so permeates our world. And the fact that there is hope for young people, that there's hope for Gen Z uh, through Jesus is, is, is there's lives that are being changed. There's people coming to faith. And uh, perhaps one of my favorite stories, Brian mentioned it earlier with TikTok. And if you're looking in the news right now, uh, it's very up in the air right now whether or not TikTok is going to uh, continue. It could be banned. It might not in America. Uh, there's some national security threats with it. Uh, I personally am very pro-TikTok uh, because of this reason. And it's the fact that there are tons of people coming to Christ on TikTok all over the world. This algorithm of TikTok has, for whatever reason, pumped out Jesus messages to people all over the planet that would have never seen content like that if it wasn't for an app that was showing you different things like that. And there's obviously, it's been an escalator of all sorts of, uh, of bad stuff and, uh, and sinful things that probably are not very good, but it's also been an accelerant of the gospel. And, and you can tell that when people comment on these videos, like, well, how did I get on this side of TikTok? And how did I find this Christian stuff? And, and uh, some of my friends that work in this space I believe it's tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of young people who have come to faith through these events, or not through the, through TikTok, through evangelism happening around the world. And there's certainly been millions and millions, technically billions that have seen videos, hashtag Jesus on TikTok. And, uh, and that's just encouraging to know that God is working through social media. And Gen Z is the first generation to grow up with social media, has these tools at their disposal. And and we're seeing some powerful breakthrough through things like that. And and I talk about kind of this secret revival of 2020 that happened. We're all at home during the pandemic. Kids are on their phones and they're coming to Christ by seeing these videos on TikTok. And 
And now three years later, some of those students are grown in their faith in tremendous ways. Some of them are now becoming how to life leaders wanting to plan events in their cities. And they're like, yeah, I came to Christ in 2020 and it was 2020 or 2019 or 2021. And, and, uh, and God's been working in those ways and, and he is for all the credit for that. And uh, I want to talk as well about uh, the Asbury revival in Kentucky. Uh, I know this has been a very powerful topic on the hearts and minds of, of many of you here uh, and others. Uh, I had the privilege of getting to go uh, right after it started. So it started on a Wednesday uh, back in February, and, uh, and I went on that Saturday. And uh, I only had heard about it on Friday. And then my mom was like, Jordan, would you think about like going to check this out? And I'm like, yeah, I should. I booked a flight day of that. <laughs> got a good deal. I'm like, let's do this. And flew to Lexington, Kentucky and, and headed on down to Asbury University. And I'm very glad I got to go when I did. Uh, and uh, when it still felt very fresh and raw and new, there were, at that point, it was, felt like a lot of local people that had started showing up to just catch a whiff of what God was doing there. And a lot of local students from various schools and uh, other, a lot of those Midwest schools like Indiana Westland or Cedarville and uh, Taylor, there were a lot of students from those sorts of schools or the Nashville schools that kind of started traveling in and uh, road tripping to Asbury. And and that the revival in, uh, in Asbury, a lot of people have been asking, is it revival? What is it? How should we actually classify it? It's just like all this stuff. And and uh, revival is marked by prayer and repentance. And revival defines something as something within a certain space. Is there prayer and repentance happening? And is God's is God becoming more aware in a community and in that pocket? And if that's the sense, then absolutely, that's what revival is. And, and so revival uh, started breaking out through uh, a group of students that continued their chapel service, young people leading the way, student-led. And... Uh, and the administration of the school quickly got behind it in the sense of knowing we're not going to get in the way of this. We're going to feed this. And over the course of two and a half weeks or however long it ended up going, there were so many people that started traveling in from all over the world. People that were like, oh, could I get up on the stage? And they're like, no, could I get up? No. And, and that was what was special. They protected it and kept it as a space that was just pointing people to God, a space for prayer and repentance. I walked in the room and, uh, I felt like I could sense the Holy Spirit in the room very strongly. It just felt so peaceful, felt like an amazing place where God was doing something really powerful and special and breaking through amongst people there. And not just there, but ultimately to people all over the world. I had friends from England that traveled in for it. I had friends from different places uh, in the nation that traveled in. And I know there were reports of people from truly every continent that made their way to small town Kentucky I think that just shows how hungry our world is right now of knowing we want to see God work and to know that God has worked in the past. I love studying revivals in church history and just studying how God's worked in the past, whether it be the first great awakening with George Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards or the uh, second great awakening where you had Charles Finney and all your more frontier evangelism, just all that happened. And uh, or late 1800s, guys like D.L. Moody that just were like, we want to see souls, a passion for souls coming to faith. And, and yet us, the student volunteer movement, the missions movement, I made a YouTube documentary about this. If any of you want to watch that at some point, I can send it to you. But their amazing breakthrough that happened in that time of people going to the nations of the world with the gospel and, and, then, and then so much more throughout history. And, and to know God's working today, though, uh, whether it's through Asbury or 
And I know for many of you in this room, the other amazing thing uh, that's been happening is uh, kind of a, a resurgence of understanding the story and what God did in the 70s and uh, through the Jesus movement. Uh, through And uh, how many of you in this room have seen the Jesus Revolution movie? Great. If you haven't seen it, you have homework, you should see it. <laughs> it's an amazing film uh, pointing people and just helping uh, bring light to what God was doing uh, in the 1970s in uh, our country here uh, with the hippies of all people. It's like, should God work through hippies? And and there's so many parallels that I saw in that movie that just were encouraging uh, to see how like, whoa, look at how God is working through young people in that time and uh, in the community that was there. Uh, and, uh, and to see how uh, Pastor Chuck Smith was able to have a change of heart in that conversation where at first he's like, well, no, we can't like focus on young people like this. And then he's like, you know, we're going to take a chance here because what if God is doing something special and, and look at what happened as a result of it. And all of us in this room have something to thank how God worked in that time. And, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and it's just so, so encouraging. And is Gen Z experiencing similar things today? I'd like to argue there's there's some amazing things happening, not just in the USA, but all over the world. Uh, honestly, the fact that there are some things encouraging, there, there's encouraging stories happening in different parts of the USA and different places around the world through through young people. And sometimes it's through the young people we meet and that are involved with our how-to life ministry and work. There's other initiatives going on as well involving Gen Z running around and sharing the gospel on college campuses and and uh, uh, work that's happening. I know I have friends in Europe that are working hard to see the young people in Europe reach for Jesus. And and uh, there really does seem to be outpourings of God's spirit in different parts of the world. And one of my favorite verses, and this was quoted in the Jesus Revolution movie, is Acts 2.17, uh, where uh, it's uh, Peter's Pentecost sermon quoting Joel from the Old Testament's message, who's sharing what God said about in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Uh, your uh, sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men uh, will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And uh, I love that verse because it just gives us a sense of how God has worked. Uh, or when, when God works, it's so amazing. And, uh, and we want to see God work through uh, in the last days, whenever that is, we don't know when that will be. We're probably closer to that time than anyone else in history. That's the only thing we know for sure. Could We don't know when Jesus is coming back, but whenever that happens and whenever last days are, whatever that refers to, there'll be an outpouring of God's spirit that involves both young people being unleashed in a really powerful way, praise God, but the older generation coming alongside them and supporting them, being with them, dreaming with them, and uh, uh, and being invested in the next generation. I believe that the discipling, yes, I believe that uh, the enemy tries to get young people to think they're too young and older people to think they're too old. It's like, then at what age is the right age? So we're all in a position where uh, no matter where we are, God has positioned us in such a way to where we can influence our circle, both your peers, whether that's in the marketplace or in the ministry world, or, uh, or maybe there are young people in your life. All of us in this room probably know at least a couple young people, if not quite a few young people. And and I will say young people need mentors and people to pour into them in their life. I polled some of our student leaders recently uh, and asked them, uh, how many of you have 
a, these are Christian young people. How many of you Christian young people have at least one mentor in your life over the age of 40? Uh, 60% said, yeah, I, I do. 40% said, uh, no, not really. I don't have anyone in my life that's a Christian figure in my life over the age of 40 pouring into me. 40%, almost half of Gen Z Christians not having someone like that in their life. A lot of these Christian young people are the strongest Christian in their family uh, for whatever reason, and uh, they're trying to reach their own parents and their family, and and in a sense, uh, they they need people, though, that can come alongside them. And, and uh, I know for me, I was so blessed to grow up in a family of ministry leaders and people just pouring into me, discipling me my whole life, but uh, there might be someone that you know who's a young person that you could take out for coffee sometime, ask them to get up for breakfast with you at 7 a.m. And can Gen Z kids get up this early? Yeah, Abez and Jose got up this early. They're here. So people are willing to, people are hungry. Young people want people to pour into them. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and I think the more that we as the generations can come together on behalf of our world, uh, will be so amazing to see. As we kind of move into the uh, question time, I have three questions that I want us to be considering in this discussion time. And uh, should I read these now or? Okay. So I've got three questions and uh, and I'll read these a couple times if you want to copy down the gist or something of it. But uh, the first question is just simply what part of the message and conversation today stuck out to you and why? The second question, I'll go over these again in a moment. The second is, in what ways could we best empower young people to take the lead for Jesus, to making a difference for Christ in their area? And how, what ways can we best empower young people? And the third thing, if money were no object, what would be your vision to... What would your vision be to see a modern Jesus revolution emerge? That's a question I've asked to some of our How to Life leaders in the past at retreats. My guys, if money was no object and you're just, you could start some initiative, you could do things, what would you do to reach your generation and to reach our world? What would you want to do? What, what's God put on your heart? What, what, and, and that was a really fun conversation to have. And we saw a video of it of just these kids getting up saying, we would rent RVs and drive all over America and preach the gospel, yay, or others being like, we would do this, and I think we would do this sort of initiative, and we would do this, and and uh, just having that conversation and getting people to creatively and 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 prayerfully think through, yeah, what, what is the sort of thing that would be on my heart if if we could do something for the next generation? And, and I'll read the questions one more time. Again, the first thing, just what part of the message really stuck out to you today? The second one is in what ways can we best empower young people uh, to lead for Jesus, to make a difference for Christ? And the third thing, if money were no object, what would your vision be to see a modern Jesus revolution, a modern Jesus movement take place? So those are the three questions. I'm excited to hear what some of y'all come up with. And, uh, and once again, thank you all so much for having me here this morning. It's been an honor. And, uh, uh, and I hope you're encouraged to know that God's not done with young people. God's moving through young people. And, uh, and my prayer uh, is that God will move through you all 
to help reach young people, whatever that might look like, and uh, to know that you're not too old, you're not too young, God's moving, and, uh, and it's an encouraging time to be alive. And, but thank you all for having me here this morning.